Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast. I am Jack, your host, and what you were listening to there is a track entitled Deshane from the album The Moo Moo Choo Choo, brought to you by the musical duo That's Spanish Four. And one half of that duo is actually our host, Ryan. He's playing guitar, the guitar parts in that in that song. And uh, his musical partner and friend, Stefan, who does the the electronic music side of uh, of that album, and uh, so to, so this week Ryan is actually on the other side of the fence. Um, I'm kind of holding down the fort uh, as far as hosting duties go, doing my best to keep up. I'm not exactly a knowledgeable music guy, so uh, I was doing my best to to ask uh, some decent questions to the guys about their their writing process, their recording process, and other questions about the album. And so this week's Soul Patch is actually a little different. It's uh, heavier on the patch and lighter on the soul, if that makes sense. Um, but even though it's not necessarily, uh, you know, Korea-based, um, they did record the entire album in Korea in a uh, in a studio here that Stefan has created um, they came up with you know so ins- inspiration comes from a lot of places oftentimes from you know just where you're living and what you're doing every day and so I think uh, from that angle we can call this a soul patch episode and uh, and I think uh, it's a really interesting talk to, if you're if you're interested in in art and music and, and stuff like that, then I think you're going to find this conversation really interesting. So without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast. I did my homework last night. I listened to the album again and uh, I love it. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's I've, I've listened to it several times. Um, I've got uh, the. You guys made a video for, I believe, uh, in in the Daw. Is that what it's called? Am I mistaken? Lost in the Daw. Lost in the Daw. Um, yeah, yeah. I I really love that uh, that track. Um, there's something very. Um, I, it belongs in a. It belongs in a in a, a movie soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, I think it's I think so, a lot of the album is cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it right. Am I am I on 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 track there a little bit? If I say there is like a cinematic ele- element to this this album, I think so. I mean, we've talked about this before because this whole album, it's not the traditional songs you would usually listen to or find anywhere on radio or wherever. It's, I think it's more like little pieces, little scenes set together, um, working out a certain mood. And I think this is also what makes it so interesting. Maybe for movies. Uh, things like this because it works somehow in a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah. like rain on Jupiter, uh, doesn't necessarily have like a, a mel- it's not melodic, but it's, there's a, a, a mm. beat to it. There's a rhythm and yeah. you're capturing something, you know, the imagination of the listener. Um, and so it, it is, I, I do like that, that element of being like transported to another place and so I feel I feel like that's the theme, but th- but each track is very is very different. Also, 
so I guess I'm just wondering, like, how, how, how did that, like, what's your process? I, you know, where, where is your love of the like avant-garde and the, obviously the kind of electronic music influence, where does that come from? Well, for me, for me, it comes from Stefan. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, it's directly here. Um, I haven't done, you know, like I've played uh, music and bringing it back to Korea per what you were saying earlier. Um, I've played, I've played uh, quite a bit in Korea. I've played out in a lot of um, clubs and stuff. Um, I think the biggest place I've played is FF. Um, but all the things, even uh, as much as I've played here, it's always just been either playing someone else's music or if I was, I wrote a, a little like set myself, I had my own little thing for a bit that I fronted, but no, none of it was really, um, it wasn't very inspired stuff. I haven't done anything with real intention since I was like a university student, right? you know, my, mm-hmm. my early twenties, it's always just been a socializing thing. You know, you play so you can go and hang out with your friends, maybe get, you know, um, not even trying to make a buck. You're just trying to get free beer, basically. Right. <laughs> you if know? you do, if you get free drinks, that's a, that's a win. That's a good night. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know a lot about, I didn't know a lot about, um, audio engineering production, things like this. And then I met, when did we meet? Like, I think four years ago, maybe. Yeah. We met four years ago here in Seoul and, um, he has experience and background with doing things with, uh, software and uh, music production and, yeah, I don't know uh, who approached who first, but it was, hey, you want to come over and just try to see what happens if you play a guitar uh, with, you know, his, yes. his rig. And yeah, it was a lot. Of, it's a lot of improvisation. A lot. I mean, it's, it's mostly it's improvisation. So, that's funny to me because, well, Stefan, I'll, I'll let you answer the same question. Like where, because obviously you're from Germany. I know that yeah. electronic music, that is like the center, you know, Berlin is the center of, of electronic music. Um is that where your influence comes from? Just that's what you guys listen to in high school and university? Or is it is there other influences that are, you know, um, driving your, your artistic vision? I think for me, it wasn't really a big thing in high school. High school was at my age, it was, it was mostly like Europop and things like this, which I never really liked. But um, I think when I, I don't know, when I was maybe seven or eight, I got pushed into liking Depeche Mode, which just started my love for electronic music and also kind of industrial style electronic music and everything involved from there. I got more into some experimental music, um, more into industrial and the harder stuff. And then I started getting interested in synthesizers. How is everything built? And um, with going through synthesizers, also being part of um, actually making some synthesizers and some software early on. Um, I also got a fascination in in mostly sound and soundscapes. Yeah. Um, and then it pretty much evolved from there. I had a fairly long break with, with not doing very much with it, but then um, pretty much in Korea, my main interest came back to revive that. And yeah, I started building up my synthesizer setup here. And yeah. that is, we already, I think we already knew each other when I started with that. Yeah, I think so. And, I remember you were, you were building your first, like putting the first modules and things. Yeah. And I think we both knew that we were 
um, not only liking music, but also have been making music and sound to some degree before. So I think when I actually started building, building a hardware setup, we started talking about maybe we could try something together um, just for fun. Hmm. Because, um, I mean, to be honest, I'm one of, I, I don't really like guitars, the sound of guitars and things. Mm-hmm. And I think you were the same at that time with most mm-hmm. synth stuff. So it was an interesting combination finding together. <laughs> yeah, it, for me, it's always just been if I, if I can't, I mean, I can appreciate it at a distance, but if I can't like define the sound, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it just, it has like a less of an appeal to me. But what I like about this, which, which fascinated me, um, I'm just thinking back to when you were, you were building the, the synthesizer. Um, I started to understand what it was. I never looked at a Eurorack before. I never understood this idea of generative music. And I came in here and you were like, check this out. And do you understand any of this, Jack? Like how this what, works? What do you mean by it's generative really... music? I mean, you're talking like, is this not AI or anything like that? You're talking, what, what do you mean by generative music? I think you could answer this probably better than I could. <laughs> I mean, what you do with, with a setup like this is typically because you, you have all your modules and your elements you put together and, um, they all have different functions. Some create sound, some create modulation. So it's basically electricity that sends, it's like turning a knob somewhere, but it does it for you. And you just basically tell it um, how much of the voltage will influence which sound, which element. And then pretty much you start with a very simple sound. And um, yeah, then you try to control it, go through different stages of modulation, sometimes effects or you start doing melodic things um and the and, permutations can multiply yeah and mm-hmm. it grows like uh like a fractal so you can start off with a very simple set of parameters and it just blossoms and it can yeah. keep on folding on itself and it just weaves and it's absolutely mesmerizing you, yeah. if, if you if anybody's listening is interested in this topic you can just go on like youtube and type in generative uh, generative music or generative modular synthesizer, Eurorack, any of these words, and you'll see people that are experimenting with this. But so it, it presents a really yeah. huge problem to someone accompanying it because you don't really know whatever is coming next. It's, you know, it's like playing with very progressive, like freestyle jazz musicians or something like this. Mm-hmm. You don't know where the where the other musician's going to be leading you. You don't know where things are going to be coming intense, but there's something natural about it at the same time. Like things are growing, they get louder, they get more aggressive, they mellow, they fold. So it was just fun to to jam with with guitar. Like I started to figure out a way to do it. I had a looper pedal so I could um, uh, layer. So I could set up a couple of experiments and then peel back and forth. I thought the track Green Coffee has the most kind of me- melodic guitar element to it in my opinion yeah um it, it was really catchy that one just kind of really grabbed me um I, I the first time i listened to the album and it happened again last night when i listened to it again um i i see exactly what you're saying to me it, it it's almost like a wave it starts like you said very slowly and kind of quietly and it just builds and builds and builds I think that's pretty much the beauty of modular because you can do it that way. You can can probably achieve almost the same doing it completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, or you'll just make a pop song with it if you have the right gear or just 
plain techno and everything is possible. It's just deciding what you want to do. And um, especially with things that are evolving where you start um, using a lot of effects and layers on top of each other, then it also gets a bit difficult because you need to make choices when to cut out because it's also like it sounds evolving and and, and generative and it's very easy to lose control so everything just <laughs> you can have 10 minute songs just, easily right i mean you can yeah but you can also have like 10 minute noise within 30 seconds easily so it's very true, hard to, to keep it under control yeah um, yeah i mean like the the, the track rain and jupiter for example that mm -hmm. is basically just me unplugging um one of the plugs that's the sound everything is based on there's no other sound it's growing out yeah and, and everything else is just layered and 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 working on itself yeah one of my favorite examples of it that that's on the record is uh deshane there's a second track yes i love that that, line, track. Yeah. Yeah. that that uh really wet tapestry that the guitar is playing over that's all generative it's um you, things are kind of i don't know how much of that were you actually manipulating in in real time that was or was that just running away i have to admit i don't remember you might not have been in the room that would have been something <laughs> where, like he said something like went off to get a beer or something and then like i'm just still playing <laughs> yeah um also regarding the, the composition that's worth mentioning uh we haven't really talked about that the way these things were created for this album I don't want to say it was not intentional, but you have to imagine picture like a jam session where we're here playing for six hours, five, six hours, sometimes eight. Yeah. And we just run the tape. So we're not using a computer for anything that's being um, built for the most part on the album, but mm -hmm. we're recording everything into a DAW that's on a computer. So we just have the tape running in the back. And then after we did that for about half a year, we sat down with all the tape and then we just uh, took from it to create compositions. So for example, the song like um, Garmin Bosia, uh, that really bizarre, almost like trumpety trombone thing going on. That's yeah. something that came off of the synthesizer that I found that I liked. And I had some good, like these jazz chords that I played over it. They didn't quite line up and so my mission was like to try to make them like uh congruent uh, yeah just to, to balance it so i sit with the doll and i'm slicing it up so ultimately like that six seven hour session got reduced to how long is that song like a minute 40? like a minute and a half or something yeah <laughs> yeah right right so so, yeah, so you guys process. are on so uh so you guys are on essentially an exploratory m mission when you're you know it's like yeah, let's it's see what we can find you know um yeah this is interesting because you know the the traditional songwriting the songwriting that ryan you probably are used to is like you know hook chorus bridge you know hook chorus the end you know whatever um that's uh that's a very different but uh, you know depeche mode also wrote you know three minute songs that were number one hits using electronic so i'm wondering is there are, are you interested in in doing something that is more conventional i think we talk about it a lot yeah. but every time we sit down it's just it's more fun to experiment i mean yeah when you're listening to that, when you listen to that record what you're hearing i mean we added parts to the synthesizer during that process i i got a new guitar pedal during that process like it, it was just discovery the whole way 
Yeah. Um, the guitar solo on what's the song with the really aggressive fuzz pedal solo. But anyway, there was a there's a point at which I'm playing um, a really kind of cock rocking, you know, super tight jeans guitar solo, right, right. like a ultimate fuzz. I mean, that idea came about when we were trying to work with the primary synthesizer track, trying to turn it into some type of a song, couldn't find another part to put to it. This we were doing that not here. That was over at my house. Mm. So I've got like a little setup in my place too. And we I got plugged in the guitar and I'm trying to play on top of it. Nothing quite sounds right. And then the two of us just started geeking out, putting in more and more guitar pedals and mm-hmm. switching out like all these crazy distortions and stuff, layering distortions. And eventually I got this thing where I could just do really badass squeals. And it was just like <laughs> just straight to like Eddie Van Halen. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna do this. This feels right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this. I appreciate uh, your, you know, talking to me because this is kind of a, it's kind of a, a lesson for me on electronic music. I, it's it's not my realm of expertise, um, but I am wondering if I could just like when I was listening to the album, there's a couple of just some influences, and you can just tell me, shoot them down if I'm just totally off base here. But um, <laughs> am I mistaken if I heard a Radiohead influence? maybe kid a i mean i'd be i'd be i'd be lying if i didn't say it i know it's like so vanilla these days but i think still i I love their work yeah yeah i it it just um and also um maybe like uh i don't know if you guys ever listened to the uh, moby soundtrack for um heat the movie heat that's a it's got it has has a very nice a very interesting kind of kind of build like that so i'm just wondering if like what, who are you have your influences are Depeche Mode and uh, in, maybe industrial. That's actually something that we cross on, which is kind of cool. We've talked about before we did the, before we sat down to make the album, it was after we had jammed, we did a, like a record exchange. Mm. We actually would do like silent listenings where we'd sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to subject you to like 20 minutes of whatever mm-hmm. I want to choose. And then yeah. you got to stay silent, take your notes, think about what you want to think. Cause we didn't have, you know, we grew up in really different places. Um, and we wanted to, you know, you don't know where you're going to cross and what is it exactly we want to create. So we tried to be intentional originally, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there was there was some very few points at which we crossed over. Depeche Mode was one of them. I mean, my it's biggest awesome. influence yeah. for the guitar style that I'm doing, the scales I'm using, uh, the the layers, I would say is like Tortoise or Bundy K. Brown, like a lot of the kind of progressive, independent stuff on the thrill jockey label from 2000 in chicago and that scene right right. uh, in the midwest and that's just not a i mean that's probably doesn't even speak much to you and you're also from the midwest it's just it was such a small little microcosm (laughs) right so it's it's not something that's easy to even if i show him a handful of songs it's like yeah but also you had to be there and it's the same thing for him he showed me things and it's kind of like well you had to be there yeah. yeah, so I can appreciate it, but I'm abstracting it. He's abstracting what I'm showing. But Depeche Mode is one thing that we both like. We're like, yeah, man, Depeche Mode. <laughs> and the Nine Inch Nails as well. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails, Oh, absolutely. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. That, that first album yeah. is, uh, what, what is it, Pretty Hate Machine, I think? Pretty uh, Hate Machine, yeah. Yeah, God, I I'm just a sucker album. for melody yeah. in general. Yeah. I like strong melodies, strong hooks, a single note um, of uh, hooks like Depeche Mode does. Um, policy of truth, man. That hook. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I'll blast that in my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With so, your spiky hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so Stefan, obviously you're, I mean, you're, you're a gearhead guy. Like you love, I mean, you're, you're, I think your love for putting the stuff together is probably equal to your love of making the music. Would that be a correct statement or what gave you that idea? <laughs> I don't know. I just, he, he just strikes me as like, you strike me as a person that just really loves the technical side almost as much as you love the artistic side of it. Yeah. I think honestly, I'm not really that big of a fan of gear itself. I just always have this massive fascination of um, figuring out how things work mm. and then starting to work with the basis and hardware synthesizers are pretty much the basis for all that's electronic. And if you take those apart into modules, um, it's even more so. And then moving on from that, because I've been involved in music for pretty much all my life, but I never learned to play an instrument right. Um, for several reasons, but I never did. So I always got around that by figuring out the tools, how sound works, and then just make the tools work for me in the way I want them to. I see. And, uh, so I you, can't, you, is... don't, you don't read music? Like if someone just set you down on a piano and said, play this piece, that's not your, that's not in your well, wheelhouse, would you say? I can read the music. I'm just not good enough at actually playing the piano to play it. Right. I could play yeah, it slowly, so but we we easily. I mean, we have conversations all the time when we're putting things together. You know, what key is this? You know, um, what time signature? There's, in fact, uh, on the album we've done some things that were a little challenging. We have one piece that's in seven eight. Um, I think that's. I'm not sure what else is going on. Whatever was captured, but it, we definitely can have conversation on on that level so like the basics right, right. Are, okay. are way easy yeah modes, he's being humble I'm, I'm sure your your music skills are are quite good um you know i'm i'm just a, a luddite you know i don't really know that much and and i'm a tinkerer i'm a noodler on the guitar so uh never learned to read music but uh i love you know when i meet real musicians like you guys it's fascinating to me um and well, uh, you know, to, yeah. to bring it back to Korea, um, just, you know, for the listeners, you know, picking up here, you know, Jack plays music. Also, he plays guitar. Um, now is such a great time to get into learning how to use hardware, software. And it's especially cool if you live in a giant city like this. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why. Since I've met him and since we've been doing this project, um, I've gone from being the guy that just, I don't read the manual. That was my, I, I, it stresses me <laughs> yeah, out, man. Yeah. You know, and if the thing is too complicated and I have to read the manual, then I'm not using that thing. That That's just, that's sort of how I roll. So um, it just, I'm, not, I'm exaggerating. You know, I'm just saying it's not fun. Mm -hmm. But from working with him, I've started to take an interest into like deep diving into menus. I finally feel I really have a handle on the DAW that I've been using for my own little home recordings for years. Now I feel like I actually have some control over this animal. Right, I can do right. the things I want to do. Um, last summer I bought a 404, which I never would have thought of sampling. No way. Not, not in my wheelhouse. That is not something, Oh my God, it's my favorite thing in the whole world. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, so bringing it back to Korea, what I wanted to say about being in a big city uh, and what you could consider is 
you can easily try things. And if you don't like the hardware, whatever you're picking up, you can sell it for almost what you buy it for because (laughs) there's so many people in the used market here. Um, And yeah, it's just like revolving doors of stuff. Right. It's great. If you if, like, if you go on a uh, carrot Dungan, if you're in Korea, if yeah. you're in Seoul, Dungan carrot with a K, it's an app for you stuff. We probably talked about this like in an economics episode or something. I think we have. But yeah, yeah just type in, you know, guitar pedal and it's like, go take your pick. Yeah. Um, to choose the one that's closest really, to your house. Yeah. Yeah. And you can sell really boutique stuff. Um, I sold a guitar pedal on there for over 400,000. Wow. Uh, that I bought, I think, for probably like 450 and okay. I used it for half a year, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like this, like this. So there's that's one reason. Um, I mean, that would probably be similar in most big cities, but I think sure. in Korea, there's a lot of bedroom rockers, you know, people with home studio setups like this. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, there's Nagwon. Do you know, do you know Nagwon? Is Shijang, that the local the music uh, center? Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. The, it's like a street. Yeah. Of, it's, yeah all musical it's like they took it's a it's a mall it's a mall like it's guitar uh, center the mall version basically right i think it's actually i'm i'm not sure if it's the biggest but it's one of the biggest music instrument malls in the world it's yeah massive. it's like if you took 50 guitar centers and just like detonated them it's <laughs> right, right. just it goes forever you could buy a les like paul want, and a didgeridoo in the same day if you wanted to you know something like that you would have your choice of les pauls and didgeridoos <laughs> and you could pick up right. like you know three different size kalimbas on your way <laughs> you know to get a coffee yeah it's um it is so much fun we, we've spent a lot of time there and i think yeah. it's also really inspiring to go there because not only do you have like new instrument stores, but also there's so much huge stuff, things you would never see in yeah. anywhere else. There's just, especially in big sections, there are so many shops that just have old stuff stacked. Just derelicts. And- yeah. Yeah. If, if you're, especially if you have any interest in electronics and, you know, if you can solder, it's a place to go <laughs> hunting. I, I, wouldn't, I don't even know where to start. I'm, I'm just looking at your, your setup right there, your rig, and it's like, there's you know 500 wires and lights are going off and stuff i what i'm going to ask you one like last music question and then we'll i, I kind of want to dig into stefan's journey of like how you ended up in korea this is so fascinating to me um but uh when it comes to like electronic music and and, and building a synth i mean how do you decide on the sound you have 5000 25000 choices is that not does that not give you anxiety as an artist? I think most of the times, unless you want to do something very specific that you have in your head, you just, we've started our sessions this way always. I was usually starting just to noodle around. The first one or two hours were horrible because it's just random, more or less random screeching and annoying sounds. And then you just start dialing in, figuring out, okay, I don't like this. Maybe I'll try something else. Hey everyone, it's Jack here. Um, At this point in the interview, we actually lost a camera, and so we had to make a couple of adjustments, and so that's why there's a a kind of awkward break here in the middle, but uh, then we get back on track. Thanks. Uh, How did you end up in Korea? Um, What what brought you here? It's fairly simple. It was (laughs) 2015. Um, when, when I more or less, I had a big cut in my life. So my old household and we just, uh, 
kind of dissolved everything and I had to decide where to go and I couldn't really decide and I I was usually um, um, preferring to go to the Mediterranean to Malta stay there but then um, I had this whole option of okay if I ever want to go somewhere else completely now would be the time and I always had this idea of going to East Asia for a while at least having a look for a few weeks or months so I yeah. um so I ended up in Seoul for three months and um, the three months I've gotten a bit longer and I've been <laughs> yeah, here ever just since. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, as it goes. Just a, just a hundred months goes. longer, yeah. Um, Jack, you can relate to that, I think. Well, I, absolutely. I Everybody I know <laughs> came here for one year and stayed yeah. for 20, you know. That yeah. was always, that's the plan. You that's, don't plan for more than one year. It's one year. No, you come for yeah. a year, you make some money and you you split and that's the whole point. And, and yeah, that's what you're going to yeah. do. What you're gonna do. It's, you're gonna go it's coming soon after yeah probably year 25 i'll 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 do that um <laughs> so I, I guess it just like east asia is a pretty that's a pretty far leap uh you know the mediterranean would be like a half step you know from germany but uh all the way here is kind of everything is um i mean did you speak any korean before you came or had you no no i okay. could read it you could oh, learn, okay, okay. Angle, but, but that's i mean honestly that's a long afternoon of studying so it's <laughs> right, yeah really on the plane ride idea. yeah <laughs> um, yeah which was also interesting to realize because i was so proud i could read it and then you end up here and well you can read it but you still don't understand any of the words it doesn't right. really help you that much you can pronounce it but it's yeah as far as like understanding yeah um even after uh, how, how's your korean now do you do you study uh do you continue to study um it's pretty bad i don't really speak any but also because i'm very quiet it's it's pretty it's it's really difficult for me um i'm understanding yeah, more, you, more. Compre you comprehend quite a bit yeah. yeah i watch it well that's interesting so how, how much gear did you bring with you when you came in 2015 i mean you were i imagine you're you were only planning to come for a few weeks or a few months so you can't have a whole synth set with no, you when you traveled when I, when I came here the first time, I had one suitcase and I had back then it was my Mac Mini in there um, because even in the place I went to, it was a one room I rented. I had a screen, so I had like a basic computer setup. I had my PlayStation with me. <laughs> okay. Um, you brought the PlayStation. <laughs> and my, like, and my, my uh, diving and freediving gear in another bag, but that was it. And then okay. I got here a bunch more stuff here and um, I didn't really start with gear acquisition until I moved to a bigger place because in these tiny one rooms, it just doesn't make any sense. You have no space at all. Right. You'd be climbing all over it. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fascinating to me that you, that you stayed for as long as you have here. Cause I mean, Korea can be, I mean, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have the weather that Thailand has, you know, or, or Vietnam or something like that. Cause you get the winters here. I mean, the very simple reason is I, I like it here. I like Seoul as a city. It works well for me. Um, I like staying up at night. I'm not a morning, morning person, so it's it's very easy to get around. Even if you don't speak any Korean, you, you can get along almost anywhere pretty easily. Um, paperwork is difficult, but I think that's mm. the only thing, really. I mean, the food is great. But yeah. The weather, I don't know. It's... You can argue about it. I'm a summer person, so I like it in summer here. It's it's really oh, do nice. You? Oh wow! I really I, like summers here. I loathe it. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> and then um, fall, I think, is one of the best seasons ever here because oh, it's yeah. just this mix of it's it's a nice late summer in Europe. It's just super nice, and instead of being only two weeks like you would have it in in Germany, it's almost like two months of just yeah. nice weather and nice temperatures, and even even going outside at night, you don't really have to bring more than maybe a light jacket. Yeah, yeah. right now this is my season in Korea. Like. Oh, Even 100% for me. Today, I love this. I like the briskness. I I, I'm sorry, I can go off about the weather here for <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you guys. Um, well, okay, let me let me go back. I know this is, I'm all over the place here, and I apologize. I'm, I'm a terrible interviewer. Uh, but uh, yeah, You're the worst, man. <laughs> um, I was watching your video, and it was like a, it was almost like a drone shot da- directly down on a street. And there are like cars that are coming, but it's, it's animated in this like super simple, almost like an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Should I demystify? And I could I pretend mean, I, I, no, I could, I could pretend I spent like three months on the video, but I think I spent like 10 minutes on that. It's just, I took a drone shot I have, and then I put layers and layers on and of effects on it because mm-hmm. when we were releasing, we didn't have any form of video or anything. I was just, okay, which song do we, we need at least one song with a video. Um, so I just, because I take quite a lot of uh, drone shots and drone photography videos, so I have a lot of material. So I just looked for something that was long enough and calm enough. Um, and then, yeah, just layering effects on top of it. I was wondering if you would tell them where you took the picture. Where no. that? No. Yeah. It's, got, it's, it's top Korea, seat, top right? Top drone footage. Yeah. It's got to be Korea because it looked like, uh, I mean, it looked like it was very, this is why I'm, I think this is a Korean related question is because when you, I, I don't know, like the, the synthesis of the, of the music and the, the video that you created, um, it, it does really scream Korea to me, you know, the kind of the urban environment, the cars, just the never ending kind of, you know, continuation of traffic and, um, I don't know. It just worked really perfectly together. So I, it seemed, I mean, it's, I know sometimes serendipity happens and you just, you know, create something really awesome and that doesn't take a long time. Um, but it, it's, it didn't seem that way. It seemed like it was very well, you know, thought out and just, it, it was great. I, I love that. You know? That's that song actually is the only song I think. Um, yeah. The only song or only, only song on the entire album where I'm doing something with a synthesizer, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 The thing that sounds like a saxophone on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's actually me running. I don't know how I managed to do as my first attempt using, you know, this kind of stuff, but I managed to set up, um, this tone and I had one of the knobs that I had. I don't know what it was assigned to or what it was doing, but as I turned the knob, just a single really tiny knob like you'd have like a little stereo and as i'm turning it it's stepping so it's not smooth you know it's like changing in pitch and it sounded so much like a like a jazz saxophone yeah yeah i just i just kind of like like twisted it and played it and that's what the whole melody is from it's just that one knob and i'm I'm making the whole melody by twisting this knob yeah that's amazing it's not a saxophone that's just that it's just that's that's what that is i'm gonna listen to that again and and uh i'm gonna uh now that i know that I'm gonna. I want to listen to that song again. Is that that is that song Entourage? Is that the name of the song? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Okay, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just for our listeners out there, you guys got to check out the album. 
Um, do you want to tell them what the name of the album is, by the way? Oh, yeah. The name of the, <laughs> the name of the project, our band, is called That's Spanish For, which maybe isn't the most clever name. It's a long yeah. story. <laughs> but that, that's the name of that. That's the name of the act. That's us. That's it, Spanish the duo. For. Okay. Yeah, with an apostrophe, which makes it difficult to save files. Um, and uh, the name of the album is The Mumu Choo Choo. Right, the Mumu Choo Choo. Yeah, the, again that, has a, that's has a, Korean. Like per, I can see it written in Korean perfectly. Mew Mew Choo Choo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We had some. We had some cover art designs where the, actually there was a train made out of cows. Originally, yeah. that was something you drew. Why do we axe that? That was brilliant. And it said the Mumu Choo Choo. I think was coming out of the steam of the. Of the train. I think we were never really happy with it in the end, or never really happy. Yeah. Was it, it too was so too close. literal? Maybe I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, maybe too on the nose. I loved yeah. it. And then you kind of tasked me. You're like, we need a album art, or maybe I'd volunteered for it. So I started just working collage stuff. I didn't know what to do. Like I don't, I don't know how to like make something. I like painting and stuff like this and drawing and whatever, but. I didn't. I I couldn't make like something to represent the music, right? So I worked on it all freaking day. He looks at, it, he's like, nah. And I'm like, yeah, I know, nah, <laughs> right? And he goes home. This is over at my place. He goes home, and in the time it takes to go home, I get a text message with the album cover that he made, which is what it is now. One, yeah, it's like the, perfect, and I, I loved it right away. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's awesome. So yeah, again, it is, pays to work with somebody who knows design. Is the album like a like a like a it's supposed to be a representation of like a mod, like a like a a keyboard kind of. What what are those like sound effects things that you? What was you the know? intention? Like a sixteen step it's, pad. Yeah, that's the what intention. I'm trying to say. It's just we had the two photos which I liked, and I had. I don't know why I had this. This um, this like is it sixteen or. I don't even know. I don't know. 16, 16 or 25. Boxes. Yeah, 16 or 20, something like um, that. Yeah. And I just had this in my head. And again, out of a little bit of desperation, because I think on the next day, we wanted to send it off to the stores because we had our own deadlines set and didn't want to move them at all. So yeah. it was more of this, like having this idea um, and then just making something as quick as possible that we both like. And um, that's pretty think, much it. I think you guys made the right call. That's I love that album uh, cover. It's really cool. It, it works perfectly. I, I just I mean, checked. It actually is 16 squares like a sampler, but we really didn't use. I think if you if anybody's watching this podcast, if you go to the beginning of the tape before our camera died, you can see part of his synthesizer setup and there's an NPC in the in the shot. We didn't have we weren't doing any sampling. No, no. Yeah. Not on this one. Yeah. So oh, okay. maybe it was it's just subconscious uh, maybe, or just yeah, a happy it's, accident. It's where we're headed. It's where we're going. Um, now I remember I talked to you, Ryan, about the, the project you guys were doing and you put a crazy uh, time schedule on like time limit on it. Like you said, we're going to, oh, that was Stefan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not me. What was it? What, what was the, this is, uh, this is Dr. Deadline over here. Okay. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the purpose of, of, being that strict on yourselves is there is there some kind of is like an artistic reason for that or what why do you why did you set such a i mean that's it was an insane schedule yeah i mean we started recording like half a year before that so we had a lot of material and then we sat down yeah miles or two 
we sat down straight. I think you had time off. I took two weeks off. So we buried ourselves in this room for like two weeks straight, yeah, working on like things. February. Um, so that was two full works, uh, two full weeks of work we, we had cut out. And then I think that was end of February, early March. Yeah, February. And then I had to go back to work. Um, mm. And then things started dragging a little bit. I think that's why yeah. you put put the put your foot down. Like, and then yeah, then I was thinking of because typically it's it's one big problem. Um, that's not only in music. It's every artist that has bigger things going on has is just finishing things. Right. And so I suggested this. Okay, we have a deadline. It was fifth of May. Then we wanted to be out. Um, so let's just make something and whatever we have until the time we need to put it uh, to, to Apple Music, Spotify, wherever. Um, at that point, at some point, we need to declare it finished, more or less, no matter the state. Um, so that was the challenge behind it. And yeah. I think it worked out pretty well. I think it worked yeah. out really well. Actually, that's, I'm going to say it again. Um, that's one of the things that's nice working with Stefan. His background sense, I mean, you've always worked for yourself, like more or less, you're like yeah. yourself, he's self-directed, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how his, his work life goes, but it really pays off when you're doing a creative project because nothing's ever finished, right? No, you can no, always, no, no. you know, you can always like re-wet the brushes and go at it again. You can always yeah. keep doing something. Um, but uh, forcing like, this is the deadline, put it in the can. It's really great, not just, to be able to have something, you know, finished and put on the side. But when you're doing a continuous project, you know, you want to make another thing. I've got ideas for other songs. We want to make other records, uh, concepts. It, you know, you don't get to approach that until you get this other thing put away, like, you know, mentally. It's, yeah. you're all stuffed but, up. But you it's hard to stay excited the about the thing that you're finishing. And it's really easy to get excited about that new thing, that new shiny Absolutely. project. Absolutely. And yeah, and it's so much fun to make it make a riff. It's so much fun <laughs> yeah, to make a riff, yeah. but organizing it into a song, that's like mm -hmm. a whole other level. Right? Yeah, and then and then putting the, the polish on it like like you did. I mean, it's the album sounds so it sounds professionally engineered. I mean, there's no I, I couldn't, you know, tell the difference between uh a home studio and uh a proper, you know, I don't know, whatever Justin Bieber's engineered you know, is or whatever. I mean, it, it thank you sounds... for comparing us to Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've been waiting like for a, that for the whole it's interview. It's like a backhanded like... compliment there, but uh, no, but it it really did sound well polished, and and I'm just wondering, like, how you know, how do you how do you cut the cord on that when you know that you could do, oh, I could change this, I could tweak this, or whatever. Do you just uh, pull the band aid? Is that is that it? I mean, how did we do it? We had a lot well, of mixing sessions. I think also like this might be one interesting point to turn in here. One thing that through all my work I've been doing all my life is one thing I've really learned is being very pragmatic and finding solutions to a problem very quick. Um, this is how the video was done. This is how the album art was done in the end without having too much thought in it. It's just finding a solution for the problem um, because we have other things to work with. And I think this is also why I try to set the deadline so tight because there are going to be phases where you maybe would want to drift off have other ideas or you where you get frustrated and yep. especially in the end phase where it's not everything is kind of finished but you need to get the sound right and we had a few problems in some regards and um, i think the deadline really helped there because 
we never really fought or anything, but I think we had some tensions going on and some disagreements on, on, on some spots. There's, and, there's still like moments, yeah. I listen to the album, there's still moments where um, I listen to the mix of a couple of songs and I know that I could do it better. I know the way I want to move things now. And it's like, God damn, if I just had one more week, mm. I could have made that perfect. But I'm actually not disappointed because it need, what was more important was finishing it. Yes. And... Yeah. And, and probably you're you're probably the only person on the planet or the two of you maybe that would have would even think that you know what i mean so yeah. you're you're your harshest critic you know i mean it's easy to, it's easy to say that when you're in that phase um you know because all of this is self-produced we didn't have another engineer come in we didn't have anybody else look at this so that the most we had the um the mastering was um i think we used what was it i don't know it's an ai is. We used one of the, the AIs for, for the final master, yeah. which works oh, yeah, quite okay. nice if you prepare the mix. Yeah, but even mm. even with that, when you're even if you're using an AI for mastering, you still have choices to make. When you you get multiple masters back and you have to think, okay, which of these and why and you know, we're testing on a different system. He's, he's got a couple, you know, he's got monitors here, I got monitors in my place, working on headphones. And it's just like, okay, what is good enough? What what is and you got your face up to the glass, you can't see anything anymore. Yeah. You can't back up. You're just toasted. Your your mind is just like like uh, scarred. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I think it took a month of not listening to the album before I could actually hear the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause you're t you're in it. You you can't get out of it. Um, yeah. there's I think I've I've kind of cracked a code today in in some ways. Like electronic music is basically, I'm not basically, but you're you're making like a a thousand decisions. I felt. I felt like when we were working together, it, it reminded me a lot of being in a garage band in high school. That's what the first sessions were like. And now it's, it's like we can decide to flip that switch or not. Are we going to jam? Or are we going to try to do something more specific, more intentional? But I like that a lot. Um, one of the tools that I bought at the beginning of our time developing music and the very beginning we started playing together was a giant, um, these guys do not need a bump, but whatever head rush looper board. Um, it's, it's a nice piece of kit. It's fun, yeah. but this thing, it's gigantic. It's like seven kilo looper pedal. Uh, and I bought it because not for really it's looping function, but because it has multiple, uh, separate loops. So it's like having, um, four looper pedals in one, mm -hmm. it's a four track. So yeah. I used it like a four track and it connects with MIDI. So it can be synced to everything he's got going here. So we're in time. And I wanted to mess around with a lot of delay. And because I was the um, only traditional instrument, I wanted to be able to have at least two parts. Uh, and the, it, it really became, it was just like being in a garage band where you're just, you're trying things out. I might record something into this track and then I can just mute it it's still going in the background i can try something else mute it it's just kind of each each musician being like hey what do you think of this lick hey what do you think of this hey does this go with this meanwhile he's doing the same thing he's like just going for it going for it and then you get those moments where it all comes together and you're all you know you're you're in the same like little flux a little wave ah that's awesome that's awesome and you let it kind of break up and you go into the next thing yeah uh, it's really meditative and fun and the the, the struggle was going back through the tapes i mean that was right. Because the making is the fun part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Editing I, was wild. Have you guys thought about doing any any live stuff? Like, is there could can you replicate this like in a in a um, in a performance space? 
some of it's performative, but I mean, some of it, especially with the synthesizer, it's, it's generative. I mean, it, you know, you might be building to something that took an hour to grow and that might be the slice that we're using in the, in the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the guitar, it's kind of similar. Like one of the things that I, uh, really enjoyed doing i discovered in this process using the guitar with that looper board uh you can find it on the song Deshane. if you listen to the guitar in that beginning i'm playing the guitar in my mind more like a piano because i can i can lay down a chord individually here and then you can let that note ring and instead of having to worry about um losing the sustain like moving your hand yeah. you just put another layer on top so i think there's four or five um loops going on there but they're not all at the same time there's some some are and some aren't i'm I'm, in my mind i'm thinking of it as like a left and a right hand so a lot of that that's like an engineering trick right so how are you going to do that live no you could have part of it recorded in you could live loop part of it but at that point with how many layers and how long it took to get to that thing yeah you know you're just not it would be a different song at that point people would be listening to you assemble it <laughs> yeah yeah well i just i was just wondering if you guys had talked about like doing a live performance Definitely. of the album and how that would work uh given the you know the way that you produce it is so kind of uh yeah technically dependent that uh recreating that in a live performance you'd have to find some other strategies or techniques and so i was just wondering if you guys had talked about that but I mean, I think recreating the album itself is more or less impossible in that way. Um, recreating something that is close, at least in mood and sound style, that should be possible. But also, I think uh, the last track, Sailor's Last Trip, would be a good example, because apart from the orchestral bit, which we put in in the end, this is basically a full live performance. There are no cuts in there. This is how it was played. Ah, um, OK. Yeah. You could yeah. try to replicate it, but also if you add so many layers of sounds, of effects and things that influence themselves, it will never be the same. It will always be similar, but but different in the same way. Yeah. So I think I think going for live performance with this is going to be interesting, but it's very different from from many like more traditional concerts where they're just replaying their songs um, almost identically that's not how it works in this spot yeah i mean with with the songs that we've produced so far it it would be just like you're saying we could have like an impressionistic representation of each of the pieces kind of with more 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 success with the ones that are more performative and less with the ones that aren't um but going forward playing live is not something we thought about the day we started jamming together it was just to have some fun and then it was like hey you want to make an ep hey you want to make a record hey let's let's publish this you know um and so during that process we're like wouldn't it be fun you know to get back into the clubs and do some performances and you know meet other musicians and you know um get into the, the scene a little bit so with that in mind i think going forward we kind of the new things we're working on we intend um, to make more performative so okay. that we have that you know i just want to ability. encourage you guys like you should do it you should do live i think it'd be great like even if it's not it, not a, a facsimile of what's on the album um i think i don't think that's what people want i think what people want is the more impression 
impressionistic mm -hmm. representation, you know, <clears throat> something, something close to it. It still, it still sounds like, you know, the song Deshane, or it still sounds like, um, uh, uh, sorry, I keep forgetting this one, uh, in the DAW. Is that what it, uh, lost in the DAW, lost in the DAW. I keep forgetting the word lost. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can, I think you could replicate that in maybe not exactly, but it would still be so, uh, fascinating to hear it live. So I don't know. I just wanted to, uh, encourage you guys to consider that, but it sounds like you already have. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll get it going one of these days. Oh yeah. Definitely. What's going on there? The GoPro is off now. We got, we got a lot of things <laughs> beeping around here. All right, well, this is probably a good time to kind of wrap up a little bit. So, um, is there anything you guys wanted to, uh, to add? Um, I want to say um, just to all of the listeners of the Soul Patch podcast um, who know me as one of the guys that's usually on the Soul Patch podcast. I want to say thanks for letting us go a little off script here. Like, as Jack said, you know, preemptively, like Kev is always reminding us to keep it about Korea. Right. This one is kind of more about like me um, than Korea. <laughs> Um, but, but I really you are in it. Korea. That is true. I, I mean, yeah. technically, I'm in. We're in Shinsu right now. <laughs> and if we're going live, it will be in Korea first. That's true. Um, but I think this does uh, dovetail nicely with the last episode where we were talking about, uh, you know, people complaining about or asking, and also complaining. You know, what else, what is there to do in Korea? Um, yes. You know, take a chance to get out of your your bubble of wherever you are, your coworkers and the people that you came here with or the first friends you met. There, there's so many people doing weird stuff. I mean, look at this guy. He's nuts. Have you seen, <laughs> I mean, this guy is legitimately crazy, you know? Um, <laughs> so I, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, I, yeah. you know, as a, as a tinkerer myself, like I, I, I my creative projects are much more uh, vanilla, you know, they're not, not as cool as uh, what you guys do. Um, you, you know, Ryan, I'm, I'm the podcast guy. Uh, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I love doing that. I love talking to people. I love hearing stories. Um, so, you know, making something it is very fulfilling. And and in Korea, there are opportunities. They're everywhere. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah. And I, I think there's more. I just think there's more here than there probably is in most people's hometowns because it's just a giant freaking city. There's yes. so much going on. So anyway, um, yeah, just to pump the album one last time. That's Spanish for Mumu Choo Choo. We're available on what? Everywhere, pretty much. Yeah, Mel we're on Melon. We, we yeah. went the Korean you, art you as guys, well, of Yeah, course. I of the Korean one, yeah. yeah. Melon, YouTube, um, you got the whole thing on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Spotify, Apple Music, yeah. I don't know, probably some other stuff. Yeah. Wherever, Flo, wherever you look for you're music. You're on Flow. Flow is Korean as well, yeah. so we yeah, are? you're on those yeah. two. Oh, we're yeah. on. Okay. <laughs> Did not <laughs> know that. I'm your, I'm your press guy, uh, also. Right on. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, for our listeners out there, uh, thank you so much for listening today. You can catch us, uh, well, you can listen to the podcast on thesoulpatch.com. That's our website. If you could leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, that would do a whole heck of a lot to help us out. And uh, if you want to uh, buy us a coffee, you can hit that uh, Patreon button on our website, too. So thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, Stefan, Ryan, thanks for talking to me today. Thank you. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Adapting to fit to the constructed chaos accepted as it.